episode 206. And now, here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Dharmic Evolution. Great to have you guys on board, as always. And uh, today, we're going to talk about Jesus Teaches. What does he teach? And what have you learned? We'll talk about my fourth grade experience where I kicked Sister Corinne in the face. (laughs) By accident, yes. Um, All about making up material for confession, going to parochial school. Um, You know, you you have to show up with material. And uh, fifth grade, Sister Robert Marie will talk about the Catholic Church, what's going on in the paper, what's going on in the church, real estate holdings. We're going to talk about the Master Switch, Reverend Sories, and the Baptist Church. How about Vernon Howard, American philosopher, and how he influenced my album, Geography of the Soul? Posting about Buddha and how his life's philosophy influenced my thinking. It all comes back to Jesus and how Jesus teaches. You better strap up your seatbelts, because we're taking a ride and we're stacking the cool today with Dharmic Evolution and Jesus Teaches. Have you connected with your gratitude today? I think I have something that will help inspire you. It's the brand new release from James Kevin O'Connor. Gratitude, recorded on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee with producer Kim Copeland and team, is James' third full-length album in four years. Ten amazing songs, each one a different story about the emotions, journeys and experiences that you and I have lived. Songs like Dreamer, Jesus Teaches, Tango On and 51 Shades of Grey. And of course, the title track, Gratitude. Pick up the brand new CD today with amazing artwork and photography at iTunes, CD Baby and Amazon. Or simply go to jameskevinoconnor.com for your download right now. Send someone that you love a copy of Gratitude today. It might be exactly what they need in their life right now. Gratitude, the new release by James Kevin O'Connor. So I was hanging off the church steps, hanging on to the wrought iron railing. And I was dangling, I guess, about maybe six or seven feet in the air. I think I was seven years old, uh, eight years old, maybe. And I kicked Sister Corinne right in the face. (laughs) I thought it was some kid messing with me, but, um, you know, we were little Smurfs back at that age. So nobody would be that tall. She was trying to get me down from, um, I guess, killing myself or breaking my leg, falling off of the uh, steps. So I inadvertently kicked her in the face. Did you go to parochial school? Wow, what an adventure that was, huh? Um, and that's, you know, the subject of today's uh, uh, featured song is all about Jesus teaches. And it's, it's amazing because I'm looking at today's paper, or maybe it's yesterday's headlines, and it's all about the Catholic Church and what the craziness that's going on with the Catholic Church and the pedophile stuff that's happening. Um, it's just out of control, just absolutely crazy. 
So it just brings me back. And fortunately for me, I never had any of those horrible experiences um, growing up, even though I went, I think, up until sixth grade, I was in parochial school and I never suffered the nightmares uh, that some of these sexual attacks of, you know, some of these people who have suffered this. I never had any of that. I had other nightmares, but nothing like that. Um, so it gives me, um, it makes me pause and think about, you know, my adventures and my trails of evolution to um, find a relationship with God. And it had nothing to do with, I guess it, it, it had nothing to do with, um, I, I think an influence that the church had on me was not really so much um, impactful as I guess the stories of Jesus always stayed with me because they kind of pounded that into your head. And I always loved that. I loved hearing the stories about Jesus in the Bible. And, you know, he, here's a man who's going around preaching love and he's healing people and he's curing sickness and disease. And if you're going to have a role model, I mean, what is better than having that? So I think that just stayed with me. I always liked, um, you know, when Moses comes on every year around Easter, you know, I love just the story of it, you know, how how we came about as people and tracing it back to, you know, early back in time. It was always fascinating to me. And then getting to where we are now, it's a little frightening. But going back to those days, I always appreciated the fact that I had that upbringing because it gave me some kind of um, some kind of center, you know, grounded me in a way to say, look out at things, not so much as organized religion, but if you're going to have a relationship with God, how do you how do you do it? Because quite frankly, the the Catholic Church kind of just drove me away. I I, I just really didn't um, didn't understand that anymore. Didn't feel like I I really knew what was going on. So I I kind of avoided church for years and years. I just didn't really have any any um, kind of home base or relationship with the church, the organized religion thing. I kind of turned my back on that until a few years back and um i started to change but let me let me not get too far ahead of myself because one of the things that always killed me about being in catholic school and you had to go down to church and you had to go i think it was every friday to have your confession heard i can't remember if it was once a week or once a month it was probably once a week knowing those maniacs and now you're seven years old, eight years old, and you're terrified because, man, I can't make a sin. I can't do anything wrong. Like, they had us so wound up that you don't dare do anything. I mean, you know, you, you were just like such a good boy, you know, just terrified of doing anything wrong. So you'd go into prepare to go into the pew or into the um the confessional so they'd, they'd sit you in this pew they'd have you lined up and you're all sitting there and you're like man hey frankie i got no material this week what am i going to come up with you know it's like i got to make up sins because i can't go in with nothing it's like being a stand-up comic you can't show up without material so you know we'd make up sins it's like I don't know, I lied to my mother, I did, you know, I, I took something of my brother's that I shouldn't have, you know, these are like, these are like things that are just, you're, you're just 
you're just riffing and you're like, you're trying to come up with stuff because you can't go in there and just say, I haven't sinned or you think you were a liar. So you're a liar anyway, because you're lying about sins that you didn't commit. <laughs> and then he'd say, all right, you, you do to our fathers and four Hail Marys and, uh, and I'll see you next week. And, and it was just, it was just odd to me that this is the way things went. And, you know, the Catholic Church is certainly having their um, share of difficulties. And uh, I just don't know about the idea of, you know, priests should really, you know, be allowed to get married. I mean, come on. Are we attracting pedophiles into this organization because it's a safe haven? I think so. Because so much of this has been swept under the rug for so many years. You know, a guy would get caught with this years ago and they just send him somewhere else. And hopefully, you know, give him a scolding and hopefully it didn't happen. But now, I think with all of the latest, um, you know, things that are coming out in the paper and the, the Pope is all involved with this now too, it's about time they, um, they stepped up their game and, and cleaned this up. And just, come on, just don't be ridiculous. I had in fifth grade, um, I remember Sister Robert Marie. Now, this woman was a bulldog. As a matter of fact, she was borderline abusive to me because she just hated me with a passion. And when I look back as an adult, back in time, I can tell she was a frustrated bull dyke. Excuse my expression, but she was this overweight woman who was stuffed into that habit so tight that her, her cheeks were always popping out, you know, like her fat face was like, she had to like tuck it into that, that habit. And she was just miserable. You know, it's like, what am I doing in this habit? And I'm forced to, to teach these kids. And how did I end up? And it's probably her parents forced her to go into the, uh, into the uh, community of nuns. And, and she just, you could tell, she always had this face on, like nasty, miserable. To the point where uh, I kind of wrote a song about her called Beat the Pinata. It's episode DE192. I think I'm going to in, um, include this in the blog this week. Because that has a lot of fire in it, a lot of angst uh, that I'm actually screaming about um, my experience of of dealing with that. So I guess when I look back now as an adult, I can see like and, and have compassion for her, even though she was, you know, she treated me like crap. I can I can look back and say, man, she probably had a miserable life and she's taking it out on people like me. So again, um, I don't know about... You know, there's there's a lot of there's some good and there's a lot of bad involved with my experience anyway with the parochial um, school system. I also want to talk about the real estate holdings of the Catholic Church and um, how was it that they went into the business of church <laughs> and um, representing God, I guess, and got into the real estate business. But um, I just pulled up this blog here. What you need to know about the Vatican's U.S. real estate empire. The church has been acquiring land since its inception in 313 A.D. And as of 2011, the Pope was one of the world's top three largest landowners behind King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia and Queen Elizabeth II. How did it, how do they say the Pope is, does he own it personally? Unfortunately, it's virtually impossible to calculate exactly how much real estate the Catholic Church has because it's protected as a religious institution. 
But that didn't stop us from doing some digging around. For starters, Worldwide Holdings total roughly 177 million acres on top of the Holy See's 110 acres that make up Vatican City. So, you know, that's... um, you know, that has to go way, way back to religion and politics getting together, you know, politicians, you know, ingratiating themselves to the Vatican and the Holy Father, which I, I resent that title. There is only one Holy Father in heaven. And where do we get off calling these guys Holy Father? I'll never know because it just isn't so. But they are a real estate empire to be reckoned with. And um, just huge. And they're probably spending, they must be like selling off some of these um, uh, real estate acquisitions now to finance the lawsuits that are probably um, just growing like wildfire after all of these allegations and all these priests that are being ferreted out. So uh, I don't know, man. I just I just hate when... Um, Religion gets tainted with the word of God, and uh, we we think they're one and the same, and they're really not. So, so my my whole you know getting back to just sharing what happened to me was I actually you know distanced myself from organized religion for the longest time, but I always felt like I had a connection to God, and started reading the Bible. I guess I think it was in my late twenties. and I, I just, for some reason, I found myself attracted to, you know, learning. I wanted to learn more about it. What's going on? I'm still learning. So anyway, um, I kept doing that. And then a few years ago, I actually joined a Baptist church. And uh, I really, really got the feeling that um, these people that, that go to this church, this particular church, and I don't know if it's true with all Baptists, but it was just different. It's more of a celebration. It's more of an honoring of, um, you know, a celebration of the Lord and the Word. And the music is just killer. I mean, you, you want to see some talent. Man, go to a Baptist church. My goodness. Um, singers and, and musicians, just really, really killer. So I'm going to this one in, um, in New Jersey right now. And uh, it's um, Maybe I'll, maybe I'll hold back which church it is. No, I should just say it. It's uh, the First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens. And they have a gentleman down there, Reverend Sores. So this guy is a fire and brimstone preacher who who could be, he could hold his own with any stand-up comic anywhere. He is so good. And he's so good at communicating a story. So recently he was sharing with the uh, the community how... He had been traveling and he went to, you know, they put him up in this hotel, I guess the place where he was supposed to preach. And he's, he, the way he, he put it very, very um, politely, how he said, you know, it's not quite the kind of hotel I'm accustomed to staying at. So he gets in there and, uh, you know, it's probably one of the, the more um, highway hotels, motels or whatever. And he said he goes, to, you know, he gets in there late and uh, he's got to get ready right away. And he tries the first light, no light. Um, he tries the second lamp, no light. He goes into the bathroom because, uh, you know, he's got to get ready because he's he's running late and he's got to shower and shave and get prepared and everything. Turns on the bathroom light, no light. No electricity anywhere. So he 
you know, he's like, now what? So he, he says, I don't want to do this, but I got to call up. And he calls up the front desk. And the woman says to him, oh, you didn't look. If you look on the wall as you walk in, there's a switch on the wall. And it says master switch. So apparently they tied all of the electrical circuits into this master switch. It's probably for the cleaning people. So when they leave, they hit the one switch. They save money. They turn off everything in the room. Don't leave lights running. Don't leave fans running, all that. So he said, sure enough, I look over and there it is with a, with, even with a sign on it. And I didn't see it. Had a, it was labeled master switch. And so, of course, he turned on the master switch and all the lights in the room came on the bathroom came on everything came on so he you know he had a he has a gift of equating this story to that particular sermon of the day which is jesus is the master switch if you don't turn on the master switch you can't activate all the other circuitry that is in your life that are all the good things that happen to you so just to get that kind of um that kind of featured storytelling uh, that circles back to the, the stories of Jesus uh, is, is just cool. You know, it's just, uh, it's very, very entertaining. And, and he's right. It's exactly the way it happens. You, when you're not paying attention to things, um, you know, the things that are available to us, most of us don't pay attention to. There's another one. Um, American philosopher Vernon Howard has had a very profound impact on me and my writing. And, you know, one of the examples I can cite is my album, Geography of the Soul. That title track, actually, the uh, foundation of that came from his writings in, um, I believe it was The Mystic Path to Cosmic Power. And Vernon writes very, very clearly and he writes about things that we can we can actually have a very very happy life if we just learn to control our mind and and think about things in a different way than we think about them now and what do i mean by that most everyone in this world is um just desperately grasping for as much as they can get and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I, no matter how much money I have in the bank, it's not enough. How much food I have in the pantry is not enough. Um, from hoarding to gathering, they even have a show, you guys have seen this, like on hoarding. And that's a sickness. It's like, I, even if it's junk, I don't have enough junk. I, I can't, you know, I know people like this. They filled up their entire houses, their garage, their attics. It's all filled with crap. And for some reason, they feel that this is comforting to them. And, and people do it in other ways too. Um, there's just not enough sex. There's not enough drugs. There's not enough drinking. Um, there's not enough entertainment to satisfy this insatiable cravings that people have, but they're all full. They're all false. They're not, they're not real. They're not doing anything for you. So it's just, you know, I feel like I have to bring these things to the surface. So anyway, um, Vernon Howard, one of the lines in, in Geography of the Soul is, why just settle for the map when you're welcome to the territory? So, you know, I took that as far as I could in the song to say that 
I don't want just a map. I really want to feel the territory. I want to enjoy the territory. So I want to be there in that space where I feel complete and content as a human being, not because I have a lot of stuff. And I'm not saying you have to go out and be a hermit and live in a cave either. I'm just saying there should be um, there should be a governor on your mental capacity for saying how much you know how much do I have to you know just occupy my mind with gathering things and just go out to the malls and you know we've all done this have you got have you gone shopping and gone home and opened up the closet and put a new shirt in there and said wait a minute I I, I bought this the same shirt like six months ago and uh i forgot about this one i didn't even wear it yet you know i mean everybody's guilty of doing this um i'm just saying we need to be more aware of it hey how about some of you might have caught all my uh postings on facebook about buddha about six months ago i was uh, really into um posting you know picking out cherry picking these these unbelievable phrases that just had you know, we're so poignant in um, the particular circumstances of either my life or somebody I knew that was going through something. So I put it out there as kind of um, kind of prayers and blessings, because although Buddha is not a, you know, the idea of Buddhism is not worshiping a specific uh, the Lord or a God or a deity. It's more of um, it's more about uh, just total enlightenment. And um, the thing that I find attractive about it is it all goes back to truth. And that's what Jesus is all about. So there's so many um, parallels between um, the philosophy of of Buddha and um, the workings and the teachings of Lord Jesus. So that's why I I was just um, enjoying a ride with the Buddha for a while. Yeah, I just want to be clear, too, that uh, I know I've, I've been beaten up on the Catholic Church, but I'm sure there's so many other religious organizations out there that are they're having their challenges as well. So, um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm allowed to make comments about this because I've had personal experiences, as I described earlier. Um, but... Um, you know, just as a as a side note, if you if you know if you really feel like you've got a great thing with the Catholic Church, and I, I know many people do. God bless you, man. Keep it keep it going. I mean, the place where I go with my uh, my son and and um, and my family occasionally, I go to a Catholic church, and the and the the father there, the priests there are amazing. They're just amazing. They're really really awesome people. So. Um, it's all up, up to the individuals. Hey, I wanted to just share with you, I mentioned The Mystic Path to Cosmic Power by Vernon Howard. And I just, this little passage here, I want to read to you because it's it, re, it really is so spot on. And I know it can help many people who hear these words. So this was written, I think, way back in, I think he's the 60s or something, early 60s. But this guy's amazing. Um, Overcoming the bar- Barrier to Happiness. The false nature cannot be and need not be changed, but it can be dissolved and replaced by the true self. Try to see the difference in an impossible effort to change the false self and that of replacing it with your essential self. A hawk cannot be changed into a dove, but it can be replaced with a dove. Remember, the false self is false. It is non-existent, but 
by believing in it, we act as if it were real. In reality, there is only one self, one power. The true self is, as the New Testament phrases it, the kingdom of heaven within. It is your higher self, the divinity in man. Now, since every man possesses this true self, what are, what are our possibilities once we release it through awareness of its existence? They are everything good and pleasant and satisfying. You can accept that as a fact right now, even if you do not feel it to be so, forget your feelings, accept the fact. I exist as I am, and that is enough. If no other in the world be aware, I sit content. That's by Walt Whitman, Song of Myself. And then I'm just going to finish the rest of what Vernon's writing here. Our task is to dissolve the imagery self and live from our real center of being. That is the only way to human health. But it is the sure cure. It is like removing a distorting blanket from a statue, enabling us to see its true form. I find that the greatest single barrier to attaining this is man's secret assumption that he already knows the answers to his problems. But we all sense this pretense. Millions of unhappy people making this false assumption, but do not see it, thus freezing their potentialities for happiness. A tremendous power works for the man who meets a challenging problem with the honest admission, I don't know the answer. By turning his helplessness over to the power, he enables it to reveal the answer. It is like turning over the basic materials to a master rug maker, knowing that he can take what we give and weave something far more beautiful than we could ever do. And I had a rampant case of this um, in my earlier years, you know, in my 20s. Knew it all, right? Nobody could tell me anything. And then when you finally wake up to the fact that, you know, I, I say now I could fill up like my whole library here full of books um, with all the things I don't know rather than the things I do know. So always be open to if you are stuck in anything and you ask for help from the Lord, you will receive it. You have to get really quiet and just ask. If you, do, you know, what do they say? I, well, you wouldn't ask the king for a penny, right? So why would you ask the Lord for, for a, something insignificant? Ask for things that matter. Hey, if you guys get a chance, you can swing over to the dharmicevolution.com, uh, the webpage, and check out our brand new look and over 200 artists around the world who have been on this show and will continue to be on this show. Um, got some big projects coming up this year I'm going to share with you later. And uh, really, really excited about that. And also the Facebook community page. Go over there, Dharmic Evolution Facebook community page. You can post your content. If you have a new song, a new book, a new video, if you're playing a gig somewhere, um, post your content on there. Be part of that community that you can put your work out in front of. Um, 71 countries around the world can't be wrong. Uh, join us. I think you'll be happy you did. We're also on Instagram, so say hello there. And that wraps it up for me today. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, master storyteller, and international talent agent. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, i see you from a stage, but right now, it's time to pay attention to something very important. 
because Jesus teaches. If you want a taste of insanity, just sit down in front of a loud TV. And if you want peace and tranquility, take a ride with me to the Sea of Galilee. If you want to know about forgiveness, it's something we all carry deep within us. But if you want to know about love, just listen up close, because Jesus teaches. Jesus teaches humility. A blind man how to see Jesus teaches About hypocrisy Jesus teaches About wealth and poverty Now if you want to know About commitment And traveling far Check out the hole In Willie's guitar Jesus teaches humility, Jesus teaches a blind man how to see, Jesus teaches about hypocrisy, Jesus teaches about wealth and poverty. Jesus teaches about wealth and poverty. 